This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It's Wednesday, June 10th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. We have shifted into a new phase in the coronavirus pandemic. We are social distancing, washing our hands, wearing face masks, and we are reopening America. I'll still give you updates on any new information about the virus and vaccine development, but I'll also be focusing on how cities, states, and industries affected by the shutdown are opening back up. One thing that has eluded the U.S. during the coronavirus pandemic is accurate counting of cases and deaths. Every state counts the numbers differently. Despite guidelines from the CDC to count both lab-confirmed cases and probable cases of COVID-19, the goal is to get accurate national statistics that inform public health decision-making. Beth Reinhard, an investigative reporter at the Washington Post, joins us for how cases are counted. Thanks for joining us, Beth. Happy to be here. One of the things that have eluded us here in the United States and really around the world when it comes to coronavirus have been the numbers and the exact number of cases and deaths. It's been different all over the board. And you recognize it quickly. I mean, if you look at some news, they always have the counter up in the corner saying how many people have coronavirus, COVID-19, and how many deaths are associated with it. But really what's going on is that half the states in the country right now are following the federal recommendations by the CDC to count both the actual deaths, confirmed tests that were done with the lab test, and probable cases and probable deaths. There's this mishmash of accounting that's going on with it. Beth, tell us a little bit more about this. I didn't realize this, but probable cases and probable deaths are part of routine public health data collection in H1N1, in the flu pandemic, in chickenpox, all sorts of diseases, every disease you can think of. It is routine for epidemiologists to count probable cases and deaths when testing is not available, but the person is showing all the signs of an infection. And there are very specific criteria for each of these illnesses. So in April, as the COVID-19 death toll started to mount, and as everyone knows, testing was very limited back then. And unlike any other outbreak before, you had people 
dropping dead at an alarming rate, much worse than H1N1 or any other previous disease. And so the CDC recommended that states should start counting these probable cases and deaths. And slowly, several states started to do that. It immediately increased their tallies in a way that that's become sort of, as you said earlier, controversial in some ways that some people are arguing that the numbers are inflated, but the wide consensus among public health experts is that there is an undercount. And as states are struggling to count these probable cases, you're seeing a big reason for that undercount. Less than half the states are doing it. A lot of the states that aren't doing it are some of the very big states with lots and lots of cases like California and Florida and New York. So those states that already have pretty large tallies It's hard to imagine, but their tallies would go up even higher. So you really have states counting. Ideally, in disease surveillance, you have states counting illnesses the same way, apples to apples comparison, so to speak, right? But in this case, we found states counting apples, oranges, bananas, all sorts of ways. And so it's very inconsistent across state lines. To that point, some are counting lab confirmed cases. Others are counting the cases and the probable cases. Some are tracking the probable cases, but not reporting them to the CDC. Some are tracking the probable cases and putting them on their website and making sure there's a distinction between. So everybody's reporting something different. And it's so difficult to get one consensus on the burden. I kept noticing it in in your reporting, the burden of COVID-19 on the country. So what kind of information you can get about the death toll in your state really depends on where you live and what that health department has decided to do, what their capabilities are in terms of tracking disease, how underfunded or outdated their data collection may be, which is one of the problems that we learned is holding a lot of states back and doing a better job. We heard a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. We never prepare for these kind of things until it's time to do so. And and this is part of it, like the money to be able to count deaths and cases, which is really basic information, right? And that information is part of what is being used to make serious decisions about whether to reopen states and to what degree. People are making decisions every day. Do I get my hair cut? Do I wear a mask? So as you pointed out, those case counts that are on TV all the time, those really inform people's perception of the disease. Have you gotten a sense of why some of these states aren't reporting this way? Is it just because nobody wants the bad numbers and they want to meet those criteria for reopening? Could that be one of the motivations or is there something, has somebody said something specific for why they're not including probable cases? I mean, we heard some different explanations. To be fair, they're really drowning in terms of the demands of responding to this pandemic. They've never had to post these kind of updates in real time as basically we are demanding these accurate counts. And obviously, there's just such a range of challenges that they're facing, testing and and all of that. So, you know, it's fair for states, I think, to say, look, we've kind of got our hands full and we just haven't been able to get around to it. However, it's problematic. It leads to these inconsistencies and undercounts. So we did hear a number of states say we would like to do it. We plan to do it. We just haven't gotten around to it. That was one of the explanations we heard. But what was also interesting is in the states that are doing it, we heard from health directors saying it wasn't even a question. Like, it was just a matter of, like, how do we do it? How fast can we get it done? And 
health officials in those states also talk about how much better they feel about their numbers, that they're much more accurately capturing the scope of the pandemic. So it just kind of begs the question, well, then what's happening in those other states? And in your article, I think there's a perfect sentence behind each probable death is a person. And you had one quick example there of somebody who went to the hospital, then they checked into a nursing home after and they died shortly thereafter. They had all the symptoms, but there was never an official test done on them. And these are some of the stories that are going on throughout the country. The doctor in that case told the daughter 100% it was COVID, wrote COVID on the death certificate, which, by the way, is accepted under CDC guidance, meaning if the person dies and hasn't been tested, a doctor or a medical examiner under the CDC guidelines is allowed to write COVID. If you can say, well, they had all these symptoms that we associate with COVID. He was in a nursing home where there was a COVID outbreak. I mean, it's like... It walks like a duck, you know, that expression. So, yes, in this case, that man met all that criteria, clearly died of COVID. But if you look at the death toll on Georgia's health department website, he would not be part of that number. Beth Reinhard, investigative reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this is Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety? struggling to find restful sleep or plagued by a restless inability to focus it's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living welcome to amen university founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert dr daniel amen dr amen alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions from debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry our courses are meticulously crafted to target at these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with
with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.